All right. Good evening. We're back, baby. That's right. We are back. We're back with our friends. We've got our audience Bible study people with us, and uh, we're glad to be back. It's been a while, hasn't it, Ricky? I know. Several weeks. Yeah. A lot of things have passed. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. We've had COVID. Yeah. Well, I already ha- I had it in December. Yeah. You did? You I, did. I had to try it out. You got a little pack problem? I'm having a little pack problem. A little pack problem. No no adjustment you here. You should be able to hear my... So yeah, it's intermittent, but that's okay. Intermittent. Okay. Nobody needs to hear me all the time. <laughs> The good news is I might be able to fix that for you, but uh, yeah, I had it in I had it in January, just trying it out. Yeah, forever. And I saw you had such a good time. With you, you go ahead, yeah. Get the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be the that's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're back. I'm back, feeling good, feeling healthy. Yeah. Losing weight. Losing weight. I'm on a little diet, gonna lose some weight. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I figure I gotta be as healthy as I can be instead of worrying about whether or not other people are gonna get me sick. Mm-hmm. You know, um That'll I preach. Care yeah. Care of myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's great. So, um, we enjoyed a little vacation. We went up to North Carolina to yeah. uh, Nebo, North Carolina. Nebo. Yeah, that's a kind of an interesting uh name right there. How was the uh, weather was nice, I you know. Yeah. I assume. I, and it was it was amazing. It was hot. It was hotter there than it was here in Charleston. No way. Yeah, ninety-seven degrees every single day. Yeah, but it was that- gorgeous. <laughs> it was, but it was gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. We, uh, me and Brian and Matt, were able to do a little bit of mountain biking and. Oh. Yeah, on the road. On the <laughs> well, last time we went mountain. That's why I like when you go mountain biking. Yeah. It ain't. Th- it's not that. And then you take your friends and you show them. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Near death experiences. Yeah. And then when I, oh. <laughs> and I go through a list of all the things that are wrong with my body, and then I shame them. You know? <laughs> so we had a great time. Yeah. Um, we got football around the corner. Tomorrow is the NFL kickoff with the, uh, what do they call it? The Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame game. Ah, the Hall of Fame game. Yes. Hall of Fame game. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's gonna, yeah, we got the Packers and Steelers. We're not going to see anybody uh, in the starting quarterback realm. Yeah, but, but it's still football. It's that's okay. Have you yeah. been watching the Olympics? I watched some of the. Uh, I was at the McLean's house for. They had a little meeting for their something they're starting up podcast wise for the Soar Ministry, yeah. and they had the weightlifting on. Oh, so I watched that one. That's when I realized that there's some. Well, no, the weightlifting was that the. No, no, no. That was the Chinese, the Chinese guys. Oh, okay. Who are unbelievably yoked. Yeah. I mean, they were, they're just poof, huge dudes. Wow. So that was that. And then I saw, I've seen some of the swimming. Yeah. That's always, wow. you know, yeah. It's been pretty good. I don't think we're winning, but. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm not watching. I'm yeah. Not, I, mean, I love America and all. Yeah. I'm just waiting for football to come back. Right, right, right. So, well, yeah. we're going to continue to dive into our Learner Lover Leader, uh, leader Learner Lover Leader series. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we're talking about loving God, and, and uh, I think we got some good stuff. Yeah. Today. So, yeah. why don't you uh, pray for us? Father, thank you for this night. Thank you that we get to spend time diving into your word um, to learn more about how. You want us to be in this world around us with our, in our relationships close to us, in our relationship with you. 
We love you so much. Bless our conversation. Give us real insight, Lord. We just are we're aware that your presence is here with us now and be with everyone that's at their homes watching. May God, you be with them. Fill them with your spirit now. Give them understanding for what we're talking about as we continue to go through this subject. We love you. Amen. The, uh, one of the things that we're challenging today is that impression that we get as a young person. You weren't raised Catholic, but I was raised mm-hmm. Catholic. So, I mean, I know the Baptists can make things just as miserable as the Catholics can. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe you experienced some of that. <laughs> but yeah. It, 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 as a Catholic, it, they have a way of making things difficult. Yeah. And harder, more rigorous, more uh, ritualistic than, you know, it needs to be. And so there were a lot of ideas that we had about God growing up. And as a Catholic... We really had this idea about where church could happen or where God could happen. And so, and I think Baptist people do it too. And mm-hmm. I see it down here, particularly with good old boys. Good old you boys, know, yeah. think about coming into the church and building and they're like, well, the walls are going to fall down because they're in there. <laughs> um, or, you know, they've got to leave a pack of cigarettes outside in, the, in their vehicle because mm-hmm. they want to bring it into church or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Catholic, we always believed as soon as you walked into the church building, you made the sign of the cross, you dipped your hand in some holy water, you, you know, you, you hiked down a little bit to the um, where, the pew where you were going to sit, and then you kneeled and make the sign of the cross, you know, and then go into your thing. It, it was rigorous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a regular workout. Um, so we had these ideas about, about loving God, meeting with God, where God could be encountered, and today we're going to see how Jesus breaks through some of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And he challenges this particular woman about her concepts mm-hmm. of where she can meet with God. Yeah. So he's talking to her. He comes out of John 4, but he's talking to her and he's having a conversation. And the, and the conversation turns from the casual to the more intimate, spiritual, and personal mm-hmm. as it does with Jesus. I don't think he just... I mean, he could probably go over the Roto-Wire fantasy football <laughs> list of the top, you know, 25 yeah. players and turn it into a spiritual conversation yeah. when it's all said and done with. Yeah. But for people like you and me, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Uh, um, Lord, who would you take? Yeah. Number three. It's going to take me to the title. <laughs> Give me the back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, for us, football is religion. But yeah. getting back to uh, God, the, um, so the conversation goes on until they reach a part where they're going to start talking about going to church. Mm. And Jesus is going to challenge her in the middle of this conversation about our mountain God perception. And mm. I know that's not usually a phrase that people use, but. Um, He's going to challenge this mountain God perception. Uh, so why don't you read to us. Uh, he's in the middle of this conversation with a woman at a well, and, and uh, let's pick up the dialogue. She said to him, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jer- Jerusalem will you worship the Father. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, so this woman is um, kind of a mountain worshiper from birth. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm not saying, when I phrase that together, I don't mean she's worshiping the mountain. But she sees worship and the mountain as something that's joined together. 
She saw it as a place that you go to worship God. And um, uh, there were clear places where you could worship God, and there were places where you didn't worship God. Mm -hmm. And she didn't see other places as a place where she saw the mountains. So she had a, a mountain, you have to go to the mountain to worship mentality. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's what God's going to be challenging in us, is you mm -hmm. have to go to the mountain. Um, so it was part of her cultural upbringing. So we want to make sure that we're not going to dog this woman out because that's the way she was trained. That's the way that she was taught. One of the things that I found in um, ancient literature, as well as in the Bible, there seems to be a connection between mountains, gardens, and deities. Whether you're reading the Bible or whether you're reading some other ancient text, uh, you'll find that there was always a God-owned a mountain. And whether it's the Babylonian gods, whether the Samaritan gods, or whoever they were, the Hittites, Amorites, all the gods or the deities had, had their own mountains. Now, whether or not you believe those deities existed or not, that's, you know, for you, you know. But the idea was, at that cultural time, is that if you have a god, he has uh, a mountain. Now, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, when you look, and I believe in Ezekiel and some of the other passages there, you will actually see that Yahweh has a mountain and he has a garden. And actually the mountain and the garden are combined. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an interesting, but it's just a side note. So we need to realize that it's not out of the normal, her Bible belt raise, being raised up, for her to think that worship only happens on a mountain, that there is a geographical location where God is and there are other places. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, in the story of the Exodus, what is it that the Jews are... Moses tells the Jews to do kind of like one thing. Do you remember what it, what it was? Other oh. than, you know, get the people. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the second thing he told them to do? Yeah. Uh, I know he's going to a mountain. Yeah, no, that's, exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think about which, you know, yeah. which time. Yeah, I always have those trick questions. <laughs> I know you do. Only I know uh, <laughs> Just because of the way I phrased it. So the whole part of the story in the Exodus is that he says, I'm sending you back to Egypt, and then you're going to take these people, and you're going to worship me, and the, with the people are going to worship here at this mountain. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, um, so, Ab so Moses is called to bring the people to Mount Zion. Abraham was called to bring his son to a mountain mm -hmm. and, and to sacrifice. Pagan religions used mountains as holy places. So I, I really want everybody to know that this concept of there being a place to worship God, she got it honestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I would have to say this, that it is possible that God did use a mountain in the Old Testament uh, for a couple of reasons. One, maybe it's because of the pagan background that the Jewish people had. So that's all they knew, mm -hmm. their pagan background. Um, uh, or uh, Also, in addition to that, God really was on that mountain. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't like he wasn't really there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't their imagination when they got to the mountain. I mean, it was flashing lightning and, and there was smoke on the top of it. And, you know, Moses goes up and gets the Ten Commandments and comes down. So, mm -hmm. so it was a real experience. God just, I, I, I think what we may be seeing here is the difference between New and Testament uh, theology or, or maybe a fulfillment of theology, because I don't like 
I don't like saying, well, God did it like that in the past, and now he's doing it different in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that it is kind of a continuum. Um, but, uh, but the continuum is one of revealing himself, inviting people to himself, and then in the New Testament, we have God coming into his people. So we have God constantly from, from Genesis all the way through, let's say, Ephesians. We have the movement of God through geographical time spaces into the very hearts of people where we end up, and we'll look at it later on, where it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think it's a progression. Um, not all people were welcome to the mountain of God. Uh, matter of fact, the people weren't allowed to touch the mountain of God, or otherwise they would be th- pierced through. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine that all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like because they touched the mountain. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Yahweh chose to uh, reveal himself in this way because of cultural expectation, but also because he wanted to geographically and time space manifest himself. Mm-hmm. It, it was primitive. Uh, it was the beginning of something. And mm-hmm. from that point on, he's constantly moving further, closer to his people. Um, so much so, I think in Hebrews, it says, no longer will a man say to his neighbor, know the Lord, but, he, but each man will know the Lord uh, because he dwells in their heart. And so I think we're seeing a movement. But the problem is that so many of us have been culturally changed that well, it happens in that temple, it happens in that building, it happens on that mountain, that we have lost the connection with God in some of the other spaces mm-hmm. <laughs> because we think it's... Um, so whether pagan or Jewish, mountains were the travel-to place mm-hmm. uh, uh, on Sunday or Saturday morning. Was, that's where you went to meet with God. Priests would go up onto the mountain and they would build high places to worship to God. They would sacrifice there and commune with their God. So this was, was part of the the religious routine of the day that Jesus is stepping into. This is why the New Testament is so amazing. It's not just new because we get to drink beer now and we get to eat shrimp yeah. and we can eat pork. And mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is so new. It's like, no, it's God's constantly moving closer into spaces with the human soul. Mm-hmm. And in the New Testament, in the Holy Spirit, uh, that's what I love. I'll send you another comforter. He said, in all that, God is moving into closer spaces with humanity, with his people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we're seeing. So sometimes I think we do the same thing. Uh, we, we tag God in geographical locations. Mm-hmm. So we see church as uh, the new mountain yeah. of God. And I don't know, a lot of people don't realize this, but the spiral tops mimic mountains. A lot of times they, you know, we see spirals as pointing upward to God. But they also, all the great cathedrals of, of the past, are, are mimicking mountains. The Babylonians would build these things called ziggurats. Or, uh, <laughs> you're going to ziggurat. Did I do that one last time I mentioned the word ziggurat? I don't know. Because it sounds very German. <laughs> you know, like a German smoke. Uh, yeah, you, I'll give you a ziggurat. ziggurat. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> sorry, Germany. <laughs> we always come back to Germany. That's because my dad was in World War II. I know. I, I kind of feel like I gotta still gotta stick it to him. <laughs> you give them 20 years, you know. Look out, yeah. So, um, the pyramids are a kind of like that, but the ziggurats of the, of the Babylonian uh, mm-hmm. uh, period were 
mountains built to gods mm -hmm. so that the gods could come down and commune with mankind. We build cathedrals for the exact same thing. And so steeples. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so so yeah. all these steeples represent this. We go to church every Sunday. That's kind of like our mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have the crazy idea that, that church is the only place that we can meet with God. Mm -hmm. So have you ever run into anybody that treats this building differently? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember having to treat our building growing up differently. You couldn't run. If you right. ran, it was disrespectful. Yeah. You were this is where the holy place is. Right. Yeah. You were running in church. Right. As if church doesn't happen anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I, I think that's actually funny. Uh, you brought that up. I'm just going to make a side cab, a little note here for <laughs> theology. Since we are here for the deeper things, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the churches that interpret that a woman should not speak in, a, in the church uh, I mean, it is in the Bible, and there is a right way to navigate that. But uh, some churches will that women can't speak at all in church. Mm -hmm. I mean, you never can have a woman speak from the pulpit, or you cannot have a woman speak. Well, the interesting thing is, is well, then where's church? Then what they're saying is that the pulpit is the only place where church is really happening. Mm -hmm. Well, what about out here? Liz is here. Can she talk? Or, is, you know, she got to yeah. shut up for the rest of the night. Yeah, how far are you going to go with it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or when she goes, you know, is she in the park or not? Are you in the parking lot? Yeah. It's just the church parking lot. So as soon as you come on campus here. Right. Yeah. Well, then what if you're a church that believes in small groups? Oh, yeah, churches, yeah. It's like we believe church happens in homes. That mm -hmm. means women can't talk there either. They can't even talk in their own house. No, man. Nope. No, My. man. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Jeez. So it's really interesting that we get this idea that church only happens uh, in a particular place. And I, People do this with the Bible, too. I remember being in the Navy, leaving my King James Bible out while I was getting changed mm. while we were underway and uh, on the ship and a guy put his cigarettes on top of my bible Oof. and uh he picked them up right away he's like dude i'm so sorry man i didn't mean to put my cigarettes in your bible and i'm like what do you mean it's like that's just it's mm -hmm. it's a bible it's i mean but what the cigarettes you think the cigarettes are having a negative effect on the word of god or you think that you defiled something yeah you don't think that the human heart is more precious than this book right here uh -huh. i mean the word of god is eternal um but i mean it was really interesting to see how we compartment holy spaces mm -hmm. this is the holy space of knowledge so that's why i'm willing to bet and i'm going to let people know out there if you go to crosstown you need to know that yes and it's not good <laughs> I cuss just as much in this building as I do anywhere else. Uh, yep. Yeah, I do. I do. You say, well, would I wasn't saying that about you. I do the same. No, That's what no. I was. I was saying it in grants. So yeah. Yes. I just hear I him heard. from his office. And you say, well, wait a minute. You shouldn't be cussing in church. It's like, no, I won't buy into that. Yeah. It's because wherever I am, church is. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, God's in me. And so I can, I can. You know, I realize that, that the mountain of God is with me. Mm -hmm. So to think that this building, I remember there was one parent that got really upset because their son was uh, flipping through his phone and looking at nudie patootie on his, on his phone. <laughs> oh. And, and, oh, no. Uh, yeah, his dad came to me and apologized that he was looking at, at porn in church. And I, I really wanted to giggle a little bit, not because he was watch, reading porn, uh, but you don't read porn, by the way. The, the <laughs> yeah. articles? Yeah. That's what they say? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the fact that the dad thought it was worse here than it would be anywhere else. It's more offensive, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, uh, that's sweet, but God's with you all the time. Mm -hmm. And when we have this idea that 
I got to behave differently. Isn't that what we hate about church? I mean, isn't that what Southerners, I mean, Randy, you know, uh, especially guys hate going to church because everybody acts like they're holier than now on Sunday morning. Everybody gets along. Then when you walk out the door, they're (laughs) stabbing each other and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Because we got this idea, just like this woman, that we worship on this mountain. Mm -hmm. But then when I go back to work, it's hell's bells. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. good DC. uh, ACDC reference there. So, um, so like the woman, we've come to see a set of locations. And Jesus is, is trying to present her with the life of God where, where uh, you take the mountain with you. Hmm. He starts talking about uh, living with God in spirit and truth. Kind mm-hmm. of talks about it flowing out of your innermost being. So it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful concept that I think that I didn't grow up with. I didn't grow up with this idea that God is with me, talking to me, I'm talking to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And that in every part of my life, Mm -hmm. that that's kind of like a meeting place with God. That's a a mountain moment, everything. Um, In the middle of a loss, like Chris shared in his sermon on Sunday about losing Mm -hmm. one of his children, Mm -hmm. that was a mountain moment for him. That's Mm -hmm. a moment where he met with God. Uh, success, blessings is, is a mountain moment. So uh, there are so many places mm-hmm. where... So the, the first thing that we need to realize is that we go to church, the GPS church, mm-hmm. so that we can meet together. God likes that. He loves the unity of his... And we learned about that a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So God loves it when we get together and there manifests his presence in some way to each and every one of us. This building is not our mountain. And, and here's really an interesting point. It becomes church when we're here. Um, when we're not mm-hmm. here, it's just a building. That's all it is. Yeah, it looks way different right now if they saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we've got CSM games coming up this weekend. Yeah. Is that, is that this coming mm-hmm. weekend? Wow, yeah. I had to do some push-ups. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. We've got some lights ready for them this weekend. Man. Brian's getting a building ready. So it looks way different. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when all those kids get together to play... Yeah. Uh, the church will happen yeah, right there. For sure. Uh, and I think it's amazing. When we're not here, it's just a building. And if you don't believe that to be true, I invite you to visit the church at about 10 o'clock any night. Okay? <laughs> and when you come in here, everything's creaking. The aluminum roof is cooling down and it's mm-hmm. kicking. There are, there are, there they, are birds up there walking across oh, it. Yeah, walking yeah. across the top. Yeah. There's birds pecking at the window, seeing the yeah. reflections of themselves. Yeah. There's been talk that there might have been a rat or two. In this okay? <laughs> I, I think it's verified. <laughs> We've had snakes in this building. Oh, yeah. We've had water in this building. Um, mm-hmm. So when we're not here, we come together to worship God. We don't come here because God hangs out here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Say, so, well, then where's God hanging out? He's hanging out with us. He's mm-hmm. when, when we're mowing the lawn, when we're talking to people, when we're shopping, when we're going about our business, when we're living our lives, when we're... Um, so I guess it's only right then to, to, to ask, because since this mountain idea is like a geographical thing that God uses metaphorically to speak to us, uh, I think we have to ask this ourselves, is God my mountain? Because the pagans and Jewish people always went to these locations because they were places of value. 
these places that they esteemed and they thought the highest activity could happen there. Um, I think we all, there's other mountains out there. I think there's false mountains. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. Let me, I wrote down a couple. I think money's a false mountain. I think people go to money all the time, and that's where they worship, with that, where their value system flows. Uh, I think power is another one uh, than our favorite. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it for you. No. Sex. No, I was going to go with, I thought you were going Trump. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw it in the notes. I was like, where does he want me to go with this? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay, thank you for bringing up Trump. It just ruined my whole spot. Oh, so <laughs> Believe me, that, Oh, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not what you want to be. That fake hair color. Oh, yeah. Just for me. Uh, but, okay, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. We have in America right now a Christian nationalist movement taking place where people are coming to the mountain of Trump or being a Republican. or I, um, We've got people in church. I mean, I love the American flag, and, and I was in the armed forces. Um, but that's not my mountain. It may be my flag, but it's not my mountain. Uh, so it's not the flag first. It's not my country first. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not capitalism first it's not being white first it's not it's not being republican first but we really have i i'm hearing these pastors talking about well you can't be a christian and be a democrat you got to be a republican you got to be a conservative right winger in order to be because that's and it's like well you know what you just got yourself a mountain with your own little deity on it that's paganism mm -hmm. and it's really interesting we've turned some people have turned donald trump into the mountain from which God is going to make America great again. Mm -hmm. Like God's committed to making America great again. I mean, Jesus, in the middle of, of, of Palestine, when they're under the oppression of the Romans and they're being just held and kept, talked nothing about delivering them for the Romans or restoring Israel to its former glory while wearing a red hat. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not making fun of, yes, I am making fun of Christian nationalism because it is so far away from what from the mountain of God that we have been called to go to, that place with God. Um, mm -hmm. Vaccine. It's know? become one, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to the Crosstown because Crosstown asked people to wear masks if they're not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, no, you're, you're just, you're, you know, you're bowing to this and this is a, a socialistic movement and all that. I'm like, first of all, I don't know about any of that. And I know you don't know anything about that because I, I know they're not talking to you about that. <laughs> but I come together because uh, one Lord, one baptism, one hope, one forgiveness, one Lord and Savior over us all. Mm -hmm. That's my mountain right there. The great thing is, is that mountain can go anywhere mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so if you w will, we're, we're called to live with the mountain, to take it the mountain with us. And I wish I could come up with a graphic of a mountain with like training wheels behind it or something like that. Yeah. But the idea is mountain is awareness of God is living with an awareness of God, wherever you are, not over there, not on Sunday morning between the hours of nine fifteen and ten thirty, 
not at a particular location, but rather living with an awareness of God no matter where you are, that's mountain worship. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is living with that sense. You take, it to, you take your mountain to work with you. You take your, your mountain home with you. You take mm -hmm. your mountain to the store with you. You take your mountain driving with you. It's this constant awareness of the presence of God with you. Mm -hmm. That's what, even David had this, where am I going to go from your presence? Yeah. Where can I, if I go to Sheol, you're there. Yeah. If I ascend to the highest hill, you're there. He had this idea. Yeah. Probably looking at a mountain when he was writing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he probably had a real, had that idea as mm -hmm. well. And uh, when I was in the Navy, I remembered how important it was when I was out, in, out at sea, <clears throat> that particular psalm. Mm -hmm. uh, its number will remain un. Mentioned. Unmentioned. It's in there. Number? It's no, in it's, there. it's in there. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> uh, but I, I remember that there would be times of being out at sea and knowing that God was with me because of that particular psalm. Mm -hmm. uh, when I make, if I make my bed in the depths, mm -hmm. I think about all the submariners, and it was like, you know, yeah, no matter mm -hmm. where I am, you are there with me. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's a beautiful idea. So so we're going to talk about David, because mm -hmm. I think David does pen this idea really well. So whether it's a literal death or the presence of um, a death-invoking ideolo I mean, ideology, we all walk in the shadows of mountains. I think right now we're walking through the shadows of mountains. We've got political mountains. We've got ideological mountains. We've got philosophical mountains. We've got mountains of gender, mountains of all kinds of things. And I think we walk, as believers, we walk in the shadows of these mountains, these ideas, these thoughts. Um, and, uh, but I want you to hear how uh, the Christian life is supposed to walk in the midst of the shadows of all these mountains. And I'm going to ask you to read a very famous psalm, Psalm 23, that we always read at funerals. But I think we are really narrow-minded about this. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think this is a funeral verse. I think this is how we live life. L and listen to it as it talks about the idea of mountains and the things that go on in between them. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, fear, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. So, David's not talking about his death here walking through the, the valley or, or burying somebody, though you could apply it in that. But he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It, so that means there's all these mountains that are casting shadows on him. And all those other mountains are casting the shadow of death. We live in the middle of that, whether it is the natural decay of the human body, whether it is the decline of a human culture, whether it is um, the weakness of the flesh, whatever it is, we live in the shadow of mountains. Mm -hmm. And the, he calls this sh 
the shadow of, uh, um, of death. And so we walk in the midst of all these shadows, but it's interesting, he walks through it as if he's living on a mountain, as if the mountain of God is walking with him through it all. Mm -hmm. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So he's talking about mountain of God, house of the Lord, this idea of presence. You establish me in the shadows of life. Mm -hmm. And I think we all live in it. The shadows of life could be the past. Mm -hmm. It could be a failed marriage. It could be um, a victimization that occurred. It could be a, a moral compromise. Right? It could be all kinds of things. But we do all live in shadows. Mm -hmm. And so God wants this to give us an awareness in the midst of these, this valley. He, um, I, I, I kind of wrote it this way. is that David um, has not lost his mountain view just because he's in a mountain shadow. Okay, he has not lost his mountain view, the awareness of God's presence with him. He knows what, he knows what the mountain of the Lord is and what it means. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's taking that awareness with him through life. And I think God wants to, us to live with that kind of awareness. Well, what kind of awareness? The awareness as if we were on top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we're not, I'm not living in the top of a mountain. You're 62, you're dealing with this, you're having that problem. We're in America, we're divided, we're, there's anger, there's all this other stuff. Yeah, we live in the shadow, of the, the very valley of death itself, the shadow of death upon us. That's never been anything but that. Mm -hmm. But David seems to have this awareness that in the middle of it, I'm still at the top of the mountain of God. I'm still in his presence, I'm still there with God. Mm -hmm. And in the presence of all this, I have this awareness of God. I think that's what God's trying, that Jesus is trying to communicate to this woman. You don't know what you worship. You know, you, you think the Jews, God's over here with the Jews, and you think up on this mountain, this is where, it's like, no, you, you got it all wrong. I want something to happen within you. And he mm -hmm. talks about streams of living water flowing out of her innermost being. Mm -hmm. So, um, what do you think are some of the some of the mountains that are casting some really depressing shadows today? I mean, COVID's a big one. Yeah, being back, okay. I think a lot, especially with school about to start up, a lot of unknown there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a that's the biggest one I can think of at the moment. Political stuff, obviously. Yeah, but Florida, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. God bless. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, yeah. There is all kinds of stuff. Shadows yeah. are always being cast in our life, mm -hmm. and so God really wants us to focus on that. And I think a lot of Christians are like, I can't wait to go to heaven because I want to. I wish I could have been there with the Israelites when they came to the mountain, Lord, and they saw the Red Sea opened. I wish I could have mm -hmm. been there when. David took on Goliath. I wish I got, I'm like, I don't, no, 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 no. Those are all just time, space manifestations of God interacting with, with mankind, with his people and all stuff. Um, Paul tells us what the whole end game is. Mm -hmm. And he tells us in Colossians uh, what it's all about. Why don't mm -hmm. you read that for us? 
the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of his glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay. So it's no longer a mountain. Um, it's no less than a mountain, but it is not a mountain. Mm-hmm. And the mystery of the ages, and it was hidden from the past. Mm-hmm. And so we look at the old Bible stories and we see, wow, God was there. He was in the fire with the Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He was in the lion's den. He was over here. And people are like, man, I wish I could do that. I wish, I, oh, Pastor Paul, I wish that we'd come on Sunday and the Holy Ghost would fall down. You know, or, fire fall down. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, uh, uh, or there'll be some crazy revival will take place in Florida someplace. Again, Florida. Yeah. Yeah, but it always seems to happen. Weird things happen in Florida. It's a, it's a weird place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter just... <laughs> I'll, I'll right. deal with one Florida reference, not two. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, never since Tom Brady left us for Florida. That yeah. I, I, I just kind of... Yeah. Um, but, but the whole idea is that all these things added up that they were hidden from the past, and we think those are great moments. And, and he's like, no, this is the mystery of God among the Gentiles. The riches of his glory is that God is right in you. Mm-hmm. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So in the middle of the shadows of COVID, in the middle of the shadows of racism, in the middle of the shadows of gender confusion, in the middle of the shadows of, of maybe the dismantling of American culture, whatever, in the middle of, of all of it, um, political difference and all that, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Not getting America right again. That's not our mountain. Mm. That's not our hope of glory. Not that we get a Republican in the White House. That's our hope of glory. Oh, boy, doesn't that sound ridiculous when you compare it to what Paul talks about in Colossians? Mm. Yeah, about, seems so small. Yeah, yeah. in past ages and generations. Mm-hmm. You know, America's barely an age. Yeah. You know, we've been around, what, 250 years or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's, it's not even classified as an age. Yeah. Uh, and it's a drop in the bucket. And we think that all of heaven is lined up to make America great again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Not that I don't want it to be great again. That'd be. Your hope's just not in it. Your hope is not that that it's not your mountain. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And I don't want America to go back to something. I would like it better than it was. Exactly. Just as that God was my whole problem with that phrase in the beginning. Yeah. Is that supposed to be moving forward? Yeah. Um, so let's. Just be better. Forward. Yeah. Yeah, the manifestation of God went from, yeah. you know, this, you know, a, a burning bush, um, a pillar of fire, yeah. then to a mountain with lightning and all this stuff. And, and the writer of Hebrews is very clear that we have not, I think it's, again, Hebrews 10, uh, uh, he, he talks about that we have not come to a mountain. Mm-hmm. And then he makes this correlation. He says, we have not come to a mountain with flashing and lightnings and the threat of judgment and all this other stuff, you know. But he says, we have come to the new Jerusalem, the city of the living God. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he's like, that's the mountain of God, is, is his people. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's us. Yeah. That that's where God is. Mm-hmm. I think it's a beautiful place. Um, yeah. In your thoughts, in your pursuits, in your, in your ethics, Christ in you, in your yeah. ethics, Christ in your dreams, Christ in your conversation with your spouse, with your kids, Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think the Lord has really the last couple of weeks has been talking to me because I just want to go after 
yeah. people of ethical difference. Mm. Okay, it's just my nature. I just want to, I just want to go after something, and um, and God's like, no, uh, I need Christ to be in you. Do you think there's a difference that it says it doesn't say God in you; it says Christ in you? Do you think mm. that kind of, not that Christ isn't God, but is Christ a term or a, a title that we know Jesus is called that says this is the aspect of God I want to be in you. Because I'll hear a lot of Christians will be like, well, I'm just like an Old Testament prophet. Uh -huh. Bless God, I'm going to tell you just like it is. You know? <laughs> well, have I been around? What kind of crowd? <laughs> I always like, wonder. Yeah. <laughs> what like, guy is in your head when you're talking? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like Ezekiel. I'm going to be like, you know, blah, blah. And so, but it's like, no, Christ in you. So, Christ is anointing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's the the Messiah message. It is the redemptive message. It's like that's the part of God. Uh, it doesn't say the uh, all knowing. All knowing yeah. is in you. Yeah. Uh, though, the justice. Yeah. No, it, it is, <laughs> is saying Christ is in you. Yeah. In the hope of glory. So it it even kind of like helps us realize what it is that I'm supposed to be bringing to other people. Yeah. How did Jesus act around them? That's, yeah. that's the way. That's, that's pretty yeah. much it. So, yeah. yeah, there's cool stories where mountains, <clears throat> the core is rebellion, where the ground opens up and <laughs> a bunch of people get swallowed up. And, and as Christians, you know. So, but as I just want those bears to come back out of the woods and maul those kids. Yeah, yeah, All those bears, kids. That, that, <laughs> they called them old, they called them old bald head. Yeah. And it's, it's inspired word of God. But, yeah. But, but if we think that that's what God wants yeah. us to be about, it's not. It's, it's Christ in us, mm -hmm. the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. so, um, so how can we personally change this for us? I mean, there's got to be a practical way that I live in a mountain awareness. Mm -hmm. I heard this one thing. I want to write it by yeah. you. I heard this concept called imaginative prayer. It's a concept in the quiet time. Yeah, I can see your face right okay, now. I already know the arguments against it by well, the AI Packer. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a different thing, but imagining it that God is sitting with you as you're in, as you're in your devotional time yeah. with him. You're yeah. talking basically like he's there yeah. and right there with you in the room. Right. J.I. Packer would say that you're creating an <laughs> idol of the mind. Right. Like by imagining God. Right. That you are creating an engraven image. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so, for that uh, one. <laughs> I heard I heard the guy talking about it. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. well, get him, Jay. <laughs> yeah. So what are we supposed to think of God? Well, I, to be honest with you, what is, um, if I was standing on a mountain watching fire come down on it, uh, I would probably think about that as being a representation of God. Yeah. I mean, God can't fault me for thinking about what, if I'm rec recollecting his own presentation to me. Mm -hmm. So I would go with what is the last presentation, authoritative presentation of God himself to me. And that would be Christ on the cross, Christ risen from the dead. Mm -hmm. And that would be, that's not, an, that's not a vain imagination. That's a God-inspired imagination mm -hmm. that has physical credence to it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for me to think that Jesus is in that chair next, you know. Or he's with us right now, oh, oh, hanging well, out. I definitely believe he's here. Yeah. How he pulls it off, I don't know. But yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's 
more of more Jesus or less Jesus than what he was in the gospel. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah. This mystery is profound. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I do. I mean, sometimes I leave a chair open. Yeah. Um, I, a matter of fact, it was the chair where Randy's sitting right yeah. now. Randy, could you move over? You just sat on Jesus. He actually moved. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's over there now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> now, we're not making fun of Jesus, no. okay? No. What the, the idea is, is that the scripture has given us in the Gospels. See, if the, if the Bible had just given us the book of Ephesians or Colossians, then we would have to imagine a lot, mm -hmm. okay? And our imagination could go in the wrong direction. But when we get detail of Jesus praying and, and his sweat is, you know, sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, when we're told about him walking on what? Am I not supposed to imagine that event? Yeah. That is a time space. I, it is a recollection. I am not vainly imagining him. I am using my imagination to recollect a historical fact. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there's anything wrong with producing a composite picture of Jesus in your head and uh, believing that he's here. Mm -hmm. uh, not because of the composite picture, but because the reality is first, he's there with us. It's just now, okay, how is he behaving? Mm -hmm. What is his interest in the room? Mm -hmm. And I think we are, the, the uh, four gospels give us a, beautiful picture mm -hmm. of what Jesus would be like. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I appreciate J.I. Packer and some of those other guys that want to protect the, um, uh, I don't know, what's it, the second or third commandment? Um, no engraving images. But, mm -hmm. you know, I haven't been chopping down any trees lately and whittling out um, a statue of Yahweh. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. that was a big deal as being raised as a Catholic because we had statues. Yeah. Yes, you remember, we had a lot of statues. You know, we had statues to saints. We had a lot of stuff. And I remember coming down south, I used to have a crucifix with Jesus on the cross. And, and, and there was some argument. People would say, you know, that's an idol. Yeah, I heard that a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's why I couldn't have one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you could have a cross, but you just couldn't have Jesus, couldn't have Jesus on, on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, th there has always been some disagreement on that issue, whether or not having a picture of Jesus in the house you know, praying at, in the Last Supper. Yeah, or, the palest version of Jesus yeah. that you can imagine. Oh, yeah. He's blue, but he's like <laughs> pale yeah. white. Or yeah. a, a picture of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. I mean, so we would, I, I think when the scripture is making prohibitions against imagery of God, I think it's imagery of Yahweh mm -hmm. that it's making it. The unseen God, that we are not to conjure an image of the unseen God. Mm-hmm. But the second person of Trinity, Trinity who stepped, he became flesh so we could see him, mm -hmm. so we could behold him. Yeah. You know, and whether it's a recollection of, of stories into our mind and we project it into our mind or whether or not we literally saw him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just some people are, are concerned about that. So, yeah. That answer that kind oh, of yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to hear your. Uh... Yeah, I've heard all. I've heard, heard it all. Heard it all. Yeah. So one of the things is to seek the awareness of God, invite his spirit into your life every single day. <laughs> and me and Susan, we wake up, that's our prayer. Um, read his word. Mm -hmm. Help an image get developed, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when you look at naked women, 
you think about naked women all day. I mean, if you're if you're going on the web and you're looking at you, you know, you're going through the day and you're like, dang man, I'm still mm -hmm. thinking about that. Well, that's okay. It's because, I mean, that's what you just fed into your brain. Mm -hmm. So if you want if, an awareness of God, is then then read His Word mm -hmm. and it will give you an awareness of God. Right. And then the other place was so it's through His Spirit, through His Word, and then through community, is that when we're together in His name. He says, there I am in the midst of you. Mm -hmm. that there is a presence of God that happens when we come together. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, an ordinary building, gymnasium, that has, that has critters and flooding and lighting issues and sound issues and all the other issues this building has, for two hours every Sunday, it, it becomes the place where the Church of God meets. And I think that's why people probably consider it and have a hard time thinking of it as just a building yeah. is because there is special moments that because all these all these things are worked out yeah. and lived out in the times that we're together yeah. as we're inviting a spirit we're singing his word reading his word we're we're a part of community so we can see how you can treat it as a different yeah. place easily oh yeah because it feels probably a lot different than your house yeah <laughs> so let's ask a couple questions as we get closer to the end here um uh and and maybe if there's folks out there brian that you know have got some thoughts or answers to this but uh in the past have you looked at church as your mountain i mean the actual building as the mountain do you feel that it's the only place where you can really communicate with god is in this particular building that god doesn't want to be in the middle of the chaos of your household mm -hmm. But God, David said that he prepared a table for him in the presence of his enemies, in the sh valley of the shadow of other opposing oppositional mountains that, you know, he considered it like pastures where he was refreshed by God. Mm -hmm. Beautiful thing. Um, is God the mountain you live at? Are there other mountains in your life? Mm. I mean, I think that's a really important thing is to, to ask yourself, what is your most important mountain? And going to the Grand Tetons was just oh, absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I can see pictures of mountains, the Rockies, the Appalachians, the, you know, all the different ones that are out there in the United States. But you show me the Tetons, I, I can immediately know that you're, you're in, you know, well, the Yellowstone looking at them, or you're in Jackson Hole looking at them, and, and, you know, that mountain is distinctive. That whole range is distinctive. Mm -hmm. um, what is the distinctive mountains in your life? Is it the opinion of, um, uh, of other people? How about, like, a dad? A dad can be like a mountain that casts a shadow. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, where, you know, you're constantly trying to work your way out of that shadow. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you can't unwork a dad in your life. I couldn't unwork my pop. You know, he was in my life, and there was a lot of bad times, and then towards the end it got really good. But um, it's like, no, I had shadow moments with God. Uh, so what is the best that we can hope for at this particular point, as long as there's other mountains? and is uh, that in the midst of those shadows, I know that God's providing for me, that I have the presence of God. Mm -hmm. um, I can't eliminate them. I, the, the most important thing is that I don't lose the view of God's mountain. 
just because I'm in the shadow of other mountains. And that's mm -hmm. what David mm -hmm. is like. Uh, you're more than just your father. You're more than just your past or your divorce or the uh, molestation that took place in your life or your adultery or mistake or addiction. You know, a lot of people live under mm -hmm. the shadow of addiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and those are real shadows. Yeah. But David in the, said that all of life is lived in this valley of the shadow of mountains, but he lived with a view of the mountain of God. Mm-hmm even when he wasn't geographically there. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's that song we sing. I love the lyrics of it, but it's, um, it's Highlands. It's, uh, I'll praise you on the mountain. Praise you when the mountain's in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. In the highlands and the heartache all the same. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. Um, you're the heaven where my feet are. The highlands and the heartache all the same. Wow. So it's that's the whole concept. Yeah. It's put very well with lyric yeah. in that time, but that's that's all that we're talking about here. And Paul said it at the end of the ages, the it all adds up, all that movement of God in time and space and mm -hmm. in real rigid spaces, maybe even what appeared to be paganistic and and primitive in culture and mountains and you know, and then he, we're getting to this point where, no, here's where I wanted to get all along. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get to Jerusalem. I didn't want to get to Zion. I, I didn't want to. I wanted to get inside of you. I wanted to be a part of your life. I wanted mm -hmm. to. And I don't, I don't want to blow you up. I want to Christ you. Mm -hmm. I want to Messiah you. I want to restore you. And um, I think that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I, it, if you're out there today and you're f you're scared to death of COVID, you uh, just know you're just walking through a valley, mm -hmm. a shadow. It, and if today it's COVID, tomorrow it'll be something else. Oh yeah, that's always something. All else. of life mm -hmm. is lived in the shadow of death, whether it's physical death or whether it's moral or ethical death, mm -hmm. wherever it is. Um, there'll always be those. We'll always be walking through that. The question is: Is will we walk with the confidence that? Lord, you are here with me, mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Brian, do we have any comments or uh, any uh, questions out there? Uh, no, no questions on this end. Well, good, good. Um, well, uh, God has been very good to me. I, I know I've walked through some things. Uh, what, what, since the last time we were here, I've had COVID. I've had... Um, can't see if I've had surgery on my forehead, got a two-inch thing here, got a uh, head surgery underneath my nose, um, going to have surgery next week on another cancer spot on my forehead. Um, and, it's, and it's really easy to add all that up. The COVID's back and all that stuff. Uh -huh. And it's really easy to get depressed in it. It's like, well, I'm just getting old and I'm just going to die and just go retire. And it's like, no. Christ in you is the hope of glory. You have every reason to live. Mm -hmm. You have every reason, even though you're in the shadows, to never give up your view of the mountain. Mm -hmm. Because we're on the top of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. Well, why don't you close this out in prayer? Lord, thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you that we get to see all this through time, you intersecting time, coming down to meet with man, 
And thank you that the whole goal of it is just to get inside of us. Thank you that the whole goal of it is uh, is to come after us to, like we just said, to Christ us up. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for just how you are, are with us in the valley of the shadow when we're on top of the mountain. We are You're there. And I thank you that there's not anywhere that we can go that you're not. We love you. Thank you for your love. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we hope to see you this coming Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Enjoy it. Great to see you. Have a good week.